Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, the Mickey Callaway Report. Today it will be the general manager. is brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Try an Ajo tequila straight up. It's aged 14 months in bourbon barrels and is incredibly creamy and delicious. Uh, on this day of the trade deadline, which has passed... Uh, and now we know where everybody stands. We are welcoming in the general manager, Brody Van Wagen, who joins us now. Brody, welcome. How are you? I'm great, Mike. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. You obviously uh, sent the whole baseball world spinning with the Stroman deal a couple of days ago. Your philosophy on that deal? Well, I think the, the focus really was how could we improve our club you know, now and going forward. And there were few opportunities where we felt like there were high impact players that uh that could you know maintain team control not only through this the rest of the season but also as we look towards 2020 and and Marcus was a guy that we'd had a lot of conversations about last off season had stayed in touch with the Blue Jays front office over the course of the months that have followed and you know ultimately we were able to culminate in a deal that we feel like uh is going to give our, ourselves a real chance to to maintain our, our pitching strength and our pitching depth, you know, as we go uh, as we go head into the next uh, next year and a half. So he wasn't a move just for this year specifically. No, definitely not. I mean, okay. all the moves that we we considered, and as we looked at the team this year, I, I said this a couple of weeks ago. We we knew we're underdogs. You know, we are, and we've got still a, a steep steep hill to climb here over the course of the next two months. But we want to owe it, or we felt like we owed it to the players in that clubhouse to try to stay in this thing, build off the momentum they had, but most importantly, be smart about looking looking to 2020 and make sure we had a team that could compete as we uh, as we go forward. Did you uh, listen to offers for Stroman at all over the last couple of days? No, our focus really was not not okay. to grab a player and then move a player. We, okay. we felt okay. like Marcus was somebody that we were going to have have part of here. And okay. His local roots, his charisma, I think he's a perfect fit for us. Did the play of the team the last couple of days, the improved play of the team since the All-Star break, the winning streak right at this moment, did that in any way change your philosophy where you kept a player that you might have moved a week ago? No, I think our philosophy was to make good baseball moves. And um, if there would have been a baseball move that we felt like would have improved our, our lot this year and next year, we would have done it. But, you know, the guys that are on that, uh, on that team or on that road trip right now, we feel good about. We know that there's, there's a commitment to winning. We know that they're, they're fighting and they're not going to give up. And um, any move we made would not have been a concession for this year, but more of a, a building block to something down the road. Uh, Syndergaard, Wheeler, Diaz were all being mentioned very heavily over the last couple of days. Uh, one at a time, did you come close to in any way trading Syndergaard? Well, Syndergaard, Wheeler, Diaz, those were the three Yes, names? yes. Yeah. So all, all three of those guys are... You listen to deals for, for, listen well, to deals for all three, right? They're high impact. Right. They're really good players that, in Diaz and Syndergaard's case, they have multiple years of control. In Wheeler's case, he's got, uh, he's got a couple months before he gets to free agency. But all three of those players were going to impact somebody in a pretty meaningful way. 
all three of those guys are going to impact us in a really meaningful way. Um, and Diaz and Syndergaard, that, that holds true beyond the 2019 season. And in Wheeler's case, we were communicative to his, to his agents, we were communicative to him that we believe in the player. And if there's an opportunity to have him help us in 2019 and maybe even continue our relationship beyond, we, uh, we wanted to, to give, that, uh, give that a chance, and we would only have moved him in a situation that, uh, that put us in a better, better combination of now and in the future. Um, is it, were you surprised that there wasn't more action for these pitches, or did you turn down what you thought were pretty square offers for these players? I can't even begin to tell you how many incoming calls we got, Mike. I mean, the, the amount of conversations starting about a week ago, uh, in Zach's case, probably even, even before the All-Star break, but the, uh, the, the amount of calls that we got and the, the different ideas that were floated by us, you know, was pretty, pretty eye-opening. Uh, at the end of the day, though, we felt like we didn't have to make a move, and we were able to do the Stroman deal that we wanted to make a move. But, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think we were, we were ready to pull the trigger on any of the situations that were, that were in front of us. Did you have any chance to make the team better? Was there anything you could have done to add to the team rather than just the existing players? Was that a possibility, or did you look at that at all, or not? you didn't look to add to anybody? Yeah, there was a possibility, and we looked at a lot of different things, but I think similar to what we did with Marcus, our goal was to uh, improve if we could in 19, but, but also to improve in, in the years going forward. So we weren't interested in doing a, a rental type of a situation here this summer. We wanted to, to look at players that, that could help us going forward, too. And, and uh, so at the end of the day, we didn't line up on, on any of those types of situations in other, other spots. Since it gets so much attention, Brody, and we're talking with Brody Van Wagenen, the general manager, did you have conversations that went anywhere with the Yankees more than just cursory, or or was it just really stuff that didn't go very far? Brian and I spent a lot of time on the phone over the course of the last week. And, okay. you know, we had multiple conversations. I'd say we had multiple conversations per day over the course of the last 72 hours. Uh, and I don't think either one of us would have, would have taken the time that we did if we didn't feel like we would have done a deal with each other that was a good baseball move that made sense for both of us. But I think at the end of the day, neither one of us felt like, uh, felt like there was a move that, that, uh, that was the right fit for our clubs right now. So uh, you would say that, is it fair to say that you two had serious conversations? Oh, I think that's fair. Sure. Okay. Okay. Um, did, you ha- did you have any extensive conversations for Syndergaard Wheeler or Diaz that at least made you discuss whether to pull the trigger? Was there ever, were you ever close to pulling the trigger on any of them? I, I, I would never want to get into the discussions about which players we were discussing, but right. I think the, we had a, a pretty good level of transparency and there was there was good faith discussions on a variety of different different topics and different different players but i'm not going to go into who what when and how that all those players are still here brody what what message does that send to the players what message does that send to the fan base well, I hope I hope to the players it's a belief in in who they are and and it's a belief in what we're trying to accomplish not only in 19 because we're going to keep fighting in 19 but also what we want to be going forward. And I think the same message is true for the fans is that this organization doesn't concede anything and this organization is not going to make moves that uh that that sacrifice the opportunity to show up every night with the belief we can win. And uh, the moves that we'll continue to make are, are focused on, on giving the fans a product they can, they can have some faith and confidence in, but also a product that they can, they can look forward to, to the season to come of, uh, 
of a championship caliber club, and we'll keep keep trying to do that. Tell me where you think your team is right this minute at fifty one and fifty five. Well, we're we're pretty excited with the way we've played since the since the All Star break. I think that our you know, the move to, to bring in our three pitching coaches has had good results here over the course of the last five or six weeks. Uh, we think we can continue that momentum, and we got Jacob DeGrom on the hill tonight, and hopefully we can, uh, can go get six in a row tonight. Uh, Brody, when you made the Stroman move, did you think you would be keeping all your pitches, or was it a thought that you'd see, you know, you'd see what the uh, market bore, or was it a philosophy where you were trying to corner the market a little bit to put yourself in a powerful trading position, which was a smart move in its own right? Was that something you were trying to do to try to better your team, or was it a case of just the player you wanted? Well, I think... When we started the, the trade deadline talks, Mike, I think we looked at, we had Jason Vargas was going to be a free agent, and Zach Wheeler was going to be set to be a free agent. So we, we were targeting a starting pitcher that could give us uh, the, the sta- stability going forward that we might potentially lose if those guys were to leave in free agency. Uh, and so when the opportunity presented itself to get Marcus, we wanted to grab it and hold it and, and put that, uh, put that tent in the ground. And then, of course, we had to free up a spot in the rotation. And so then it looked, we had to look to what those other moves could be. And, you know, we had four other, four other starters or five other starters already in our, in our uniform. And, you know, ultimately Jason Vargas was the move we felt like uh, was the right one to, to open up the spot for Marcus. And, you know, if there were other scenarios that we felt like were, were even better, we would have explored it. But, but I think that was the one that made the most sense, both, both for this summer and for next year. A lot of people surprised you traded Vargas in the division. Uh, did it, is that something you had any trepidation about at all, or was the player somebody you wanted? What, what happened there? It's always a, a hard, hard decision to, make, to trade a player anywhere. Uh, you know, it's, I think it's more than anything else. Sometimes you have to focus on, okay, what, uh, what serves our interest, and does the, does the move make us better? And, and if we can focus more on us and less about others, then we can keep, keep doing good baseball trades. Did you uh, tell me about the player you got back and what your expectations are for the guy you got for Vargas? You have plans for him, or what's your what's your what's your thoughts about him? He's a defensive first catcher. You know, I think as we've seen here with our big league club, the development of Tomas Nito shows us the the value of being able to develop homegrown defensive first catchers, and this uh, this kid has the opportunity to to do that. He can he can really handle the staff, even if it's uh, at the minor league staff, to help the pitchers that we're trying to develop in, in Double A and beyond. Talking with Brody Van Wagenen as the Mets tonight. Very good pitching matchup with DeGrom and Giolito as the Mets have uh, won five in a row. They've played well since the All-Star break. Uh, They still have some ground to make up, but they are not completely out of it mathematically in the wild card, that's for sure. And now they have not traded off any of their other pitches today, which I, I guess would come somewhat as, uh, maybe come as a surprise. We'll see if, uh, you know, as the days unfold. Will you, what, what would you say about the process in this first year of this, uh, how having gone through this as an agent, now going through it as a general manager, how much more intense, how much different was it with the new rules and what you just went through these last couple of days? Was it something you thought helped, hindered? What, what, what did you think about what this new uh, program that baseball has put in now, what do you think it did to the trade market? Well, for... First off, from an agent's perspective, you know, as an agent, we didn't have a whole lot of, whole lot of impact at the trade deadline unless a player had a, a full no trade clause that required permission to, to move. So I don't have a whole lot of perspective in terms of how the, right. the GMs operate on the old rules. Under these rules, I think we were all a little unsure. What I was surprised by was the amount of conversations and the, uh, the amount of deals that were, uh, 
we were led to believe were going to be happening, and the the uh, the rhetoric I think was stronger than the action, and that was that was a little bit surprising. So I, I guess at the end of the day, I'm a little little uh, I, I would have expected there to be more deals. So there was more talk effort. than there was action, is what you're saying? There, I was, think a, there was a more lot talk more than action for sure. Okay. Okay, so because yeah, there were, I mean, the the Grinky deal came up late, obviously, uh, and that was the biggest one. But a lot of people stayed pat, maybe more than people thought they would. Uh, so more more talk than action is a fair way to say it, uh, and that probably was surprising to you, right? Yeah, and I would have expected the opposite. You know, when you talk about going into it, I would have expected more trades because of the inability to do so after the first. What about the idea of the the finality of it? Did did that impact you being a general manager here and knowing this is your last chance? Did it make you want to be more active or or did it not impact you that much when you thought about it, that this is your last chance to change your team for the year? Well, our our goals were pretty straightforward. And, you know, I think the way we played in the first half made it such that that we we didn't have have to feel like we were in a gunshot to make a deal just for the sake of making a deal for optics. We wanted to make good baseball moves. And I think that our direction was pretty clear. Our focus was clear that we wanted to, to bring somebody in that could could make us better. And by, you know, focusing on those guys, we didn't really have to, uh, you know, to feel like there was any outside pressure to just, to just save face. We were trying to make good deals that put us in a position to be, be better going forward. Was there, uh, was, was the, Compensation, what you expected for players when when people were asking for your players, were you getting the compensation that you thought, or was it maybe less or so or more so? What would you say about what was being offered around for players? Well, I think that what I noticed, and I can only say that what what we feel is that you know we re- we recognize the value that our players had, and right. we we weren't going to move them for uh, for anything unless we felt like we were getting better value. And and I think that, you know, from the conversations I had with some other clubs, especially at the higher impact level, I, it, it appears to me that other people felt the same way because the, the lack of movement from some of, the, some of the other names that everybody expected to move, I think just uh, reinforces the fact that people value their own players in a significant way. And if you can't match up, players don't get traded. It's funny, the whole uh, dialogue about your what you gave up first it, it, it the early conversation was that you gave up a lot, and then the later conversations were that you didn't give up, you know, that you really didn't give up as much as people thought you were going to have to. So, I mean, it really changed dramatically uh, over a couple of days. The perspective seemed to change remarkably, to, uh, as far as I could see. Yeah, look, I think that uh, sometimes you have to wait and see see how things play out before you can evaluate to evaluate any deals. But we, we were pleased. We felt like the, the impact that Mark has had, the talent that he can make, uh, or the contribution he can make immediately, and the fact that he's done done his job at the biggest stage stages and been an all-star and pitched in big games and pitched in WBC. I mean, you name it, this guy's done it all. And having the opportunity to bring him back here, we felt like he was the perfect fit. Was your gut, uh, and, that, and a lot of times I think with general managers and with teams, your gut plays into it, what you think about your team. I mean, you really have to have a gut feeling of whether you think your team is in it or out of it uh, as to whether you're going to pull a trigger on certain deals. What's your gut about your team? You know, I I think I, you know me, Mike. I, I liked our team a lot in in the off season. I liked our team a lot in spring training. Uh, I think this team has a lot of character. I think this team doesn't quit. And this you think team, there's better days coming for the rest of the season from this team? I, I think we've had a lot of good days these last few few, and I hope it can continue. But I, I think what what they know is that we're not we're not just uh, 
we're not just fly by night with our with our plans. We want to win, and we're making moves, and we're willing to to hold chips that give us the best chance to win, and we're we're willing to acquire chips that will give us uh, give us that chance, not only uh, not only today but tomorrow and the next day as well. How about the, how about the players themselves? Syndergaard seemed to be having a tough time with the whole process. Did you have to talk to him? We we talked to him multiple times, and you know I think even going back a couple of weeks ago, he'd been in touch with his agent, and Noah and I had been in touch, and we'd had some good sort of joking around sessions in the last week or so. And you know I said this publicly, you know, down in Miami after the All Star break, that we fully expected Noah to be a part of our team going forward, and he is today. Uh, as some of the rumors were were sort of hitting its peak over the last 48 hours, Jeff Wilpon and I sat down with Noah here in the clubhouse before the team left for Chicago and reiterated to him face to face that we want him here, we expect him to be here, and uh, and that try to try to block himself out from all these rumors because it's a lot more people. It should be flattering to him with how many people wanted him, but you know at the end of the day, unless he was going to be, uh, unless we were going to be in a position where we uh, had to make the deal because it was just too too good strategically to pass up, then he was going to be a be, be here, and, and he knew our support and our want him or our want to in terms of having him here. And I think most people felt that mo- that you probably wouldn't reach that that point with him because of uh, who he is and also the, just what was going to be available. Wheeler, I think, I mean, there were rumors that there were nine teams looking at Wheeler. I mean, Wheeler was mentioned so prominently. Uh, how about dealing with him? How about what your message was to him? Well, I think that uh, there were a lot of teams that needed starting pitching. You know, you talked a little bit earlier about cornering the market on right. on starters. I think once we acquired Marcus, we realized how uh, how scarce the the inventory was for other teams, and that only that only strengthened and bolstered our value of of Zach. And uh, you know, we think that he's done a lot for the franchise so far. He has interest in potentially staying here long term. We've expressed similar interest to him too. That obviously has has to play itself out over the course of the next few months, but we weren't going to just just uh, exit him because there was uh, there was an expectation for us to get a, a prospect or or some sort of longer term longer term return. We wanted to make sure that this guy had had a chance to be part of our long term future too. And once ideas had been exchanged and there was mutual expression of of interest, then you know we wanted to wanted to saddle up and go go at this together and see how long we can keep the marriage together. And I know, you know, Diaz hasn't been what he was. I mean, last year, they put a thing on when I watched in the ninth inning last night, and that was a good win after he, uh, you know, blew the save. Last year, 66-0 and in games he finished last year's team, which is just ungodly, I mean, when you think about it. Uh, so we know what kind of ability he's had. Uh, how tough was it for him? Because I know there were teams that were, you know, there were heavy, heavy reports about teams making offers for him. How about your thoughts about Diaz and what your message was to him? Yeah, I think that for him... It's unique because he didn't have the history with the club that, that Zach did, and he didn't have the relationships here. And I think that he was brought in on a big trade, and it's been a tough first half of the year for him. And immediately he starts seeing his name in trade rumors again after it was this past off season, and there may have been some part of him that felt like we didn't believe or didn't have have support for him. And you know, when I when I talked to Edwin directly, you know, he reiterated to me how how much he appreciated the fact that we have supported him and how much um, he believes in what we're trying to do here and how much he wants to be a part of it. And so he and I have been in communication as well, and uh, he knows that we have have something to play for, and and he's excited about it. 
to to write the ship in 2019 and and to be a part of what we're building here going forward. You know, Cano had that great night the other night, that three home run night, which was amazing. And since then, the other night, now now he's had hit a couple of balls that should, should have been base hits. He got robbed. I can think of two times off the top of my head. But he is in the longest over in his career right now. So he has really been feast of famine this year. I mean, very puzzling with Cano. It really is. You know that? Because, I mean, to see a guy dominate the game like he did that night with the three home night and then put together the longest over in his career right afterwards. Baseball's a funny game, isn't it? I mean, I, I think that for... For Robbie, this is one of those stretches where, you know, he hasn't gotten the hits, but his teammates have picked him up. And, you know, we've won these five games during that during that stretch. Diaz is another example of that last night where, you know, yep. he had a tough inning, but we, we picked him up in, in the extra innings. And, yep. You know, our, our pitchers, you know, on the days where, where they've pitched well, we've, we've been able to scrap, uh, scrap out the wins and or scrap out enough runs to win, and, and it's been sort of vice versa on the days where, where that didn't happen for us on a consistent basis in the first half. We've been able to sort of combine the right, the right balance here and, and have somebody else step up each night. Well, you know, it's an interesting time because you've got to be honest. You know, at five games out, uh, I know there's a lot of teams there, but at five games out, you're not out of it. I mean, you got to be realistic. I understand you're not 500 yet, but you're not out of it in this in this National League because everybody's in basically the same boat. Uh, and you know, the team has played. If I mean, you could have stole a couple of those giant games that you lost in extra innings, and then you would be on a heck of a tear right now. So, uh, you know, right now, listen, who knows? You know, I've seen crazier things happen. So, uh, and now you have. A, little, a, a better pitching staff than you had a couple of days ago as far as the starters go, so it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, I would have thought, talking to you, I would have thought you would have been without one of these guys or maybe even a couple of veteran guys, so I'm surprised that you didn't make moves. Are you surprised that you didn't make moves? Well, I think you know I'm excited that we made the moves that we did, and, and again, it's always tough to trade a player away, but the excitement that we have now of being able to add Marcus with with really the the 2020 season in mind as much as it was the 19 season right. and to make that move early in the trade deadline period. And then to see the moves that our, our competitors did, especially those in front of us in the, in the wild card race, yep. or in some ways lack thereof of those moves, we feel like we got an impact guy and we feel like uh, we, we made ourselves better and, and give ourselves a chance to, to go compete with the teams that are ahead of us where we don't feel like, you know, the national league has run away from us yet. So no, gotta, I mean, the Braves went and got a couple of relievers, give them credit. I mean, they went out and got a couple of relievers. Uh, obviously, the Astros were the team that went out and had the, uh, you know, that went out and made the big, the big move. Phillies did add a couple of players too, so they both uh, did. But I mean, let's be honest, uh, you guys are, hey, if you pitch well enough and the bullpen does well enough where it doesn't implode, you know what? Hey, you, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, you know, if you still need that that one winning streak that puts you over five. I just need to see you get above 500, which is only four games away now. So if that happens, then you never know what's going to happen after that. So, I, you know, but I wouldn't say, you know, what, what are you guys now? Uh, it was 10 and 5. What are you now? 11, what? 11 and 5, 11 and 6 since the All-Star break, whatever it is. So it's yep. still it's still good baseball. And you lost three games in extra innings to the Giants during that time. So you've been in almost every ball game in the last couple of weeks. Well, and, and we still have a road, road to travel. But I think that the way we've played and, and now every day we wake up and we've got a guy that we feel like can, can give us a chance to win. And Jake gets to go tonight. We got another another game here and in a couple hours, and and tomorrow we roll out uh, roll out another one, and and it keeps keeps on rolling. So every five days, we feel like we're going to have a chance with this with this group, and and uh, the core of the team, I think, is intact, and they're going to feel 
hopefully they're going to feel re-energized that, uh, that you know, we're, nobody's quitting here. So we Has Strowman, they made it seem like Strowman uh, had his heart set on getting in a pennant race and being in, in, with the Yankees, and then he, but he's a local kid. So uh, as it's worn off, I'm sure he's got to be excited now of at least being in New York if he wasn't with the Yankees, and he might wind up in a pennant race anyway if he gets lucky. So who knows what's going to happen, right? Has he, has he kind of gotten his equilibrium now after a couple of days of this? Well, hopefully he finds himself in a pennant race this year. But when I talked to him after the trade, I, I wanted him to understand the culture we were trying to create here and that we want to create a winning mindset. We, we have ambition. Uh, we know he has ambition. And, uh, you know, hopefully those, those two shared interests will, will manifest themselves into, into great success for, for everybody. But I think the, the fans are going to enjoy him. Our teammates, I'm, I'm confident, will We'll feed off his energy, and hopefully we can go beat uh, go beat some teams as we're trying to trying to fight back in this thing. All right, Brody. Thanks for a couple of minutes. Appreciate you coming on a busy day. Thanks very much. Thanks, Mike. My pleasure, Brody Bye-bye. Van Wagenen, the the uh, <laughs> general manager. Uh, so they don't trade Syndergaard, which I don't think anyone would be surprised. They move Vargas to the Phillies because they they obviously have. And they needed to get someone out of the rotation. And now you have DeGrom, Syndergaard, Stroman, Wheeler, and Mats. And Mats is coming off a shutout. DeGrom is DeGrom. Syndergaard threw really well last night. Let's see Stroman. Wheeler's here for the year, if not more. You might have thought Wheeler got traded, uh, but didn't happen. A lot of teams. And you did hear him say that they had serious and extensive conversations with the Yankees. Nothing came of it. Um, Yankees were in a tough spot in that what I was led to believe from people who were in, in the know was that the Mets just did not feel the Yankees, uh, unless they were going to dip into their major league roster, which they were reluctant to do for the kind of players we know who they're talking about, uh, they didn't feel they had enough. Now let's see if the Yankees, who did not make a move today, how they attack this. You know, are they relying on Batances and Severino? Are they going to give Garcia a chance to move front and center? What is their plan? Because now Houston has gotten better, maybe markedly better. They've added another big stud pitcher. Now, the Yankees weren't in the market for Greinke, and nor should they be. Greinke is not a guy who wants to pitch in New York. He is a Western guy. He had a no trade to New York. He would not have considered it. And he did not have a no trade to Houston as a perfect example. He would go to California. He would go to Houston. He would not, would not go east. He did not want any, and he did not want any part of New York. So the Yankees were not in, in competition for him. But they were in competition for a bunch of other starters, and they passed, either because they didn't want to give up the prospects or they didn't want to add payroll or both. But the Yankees have not made the big swing at a pitcher in the recent, in the last couple of years, that big splash that the Yankees used to make. They have not made that big splash. And the question is, is that going to come back to haunt them this year or not? The Mets, active. They get Stroman. They trade Vargas. You would have thought maybe they might have moved somebody else. They didn't. They stood pat. They told those pitchers they're part of their future, and now they're 51 and 55 and trying to squeeze their way into the wild card race. That's where we are. 
as now you get to August, and now it's full steam ahead. As the Mets try to make it a season, and the Yankees, who have a season locked up, have two months to wonder about whether they're going to be good enough to get all the way this year. Because anything short of that, it's going to be a big disappointment. Back after this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.